Welcome to the Unscripted Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Hutchcroft, photographer, freelancer, and curious question asker. Join me for half an hour each week while I sit down with inspiring photographers and pick their brains about growing their business, authentically connecting to their clients, and being a good human in this changing industry. If you're ready to take your photography hobby to the next level and turn it into an actual business, you're in the right place. If you want to hear real life advice from professional photographers and start building the future of your dreams, don't go anywhere. Here we go. Hi, welcome back to the Unscripted Podcast for Photographers. Today we're doing something a little different. Instead of the regular programming of tangible tips from fellow photographers, We've decided that we want to dive a little deeper into the world of your own consciousness. Look, I know it sounds intimidating, but the reason for this is because we see so many newbie photographers lose sight of who they are and the chaos of turning their passion into their dream business. Like when you're just starting out, it's easy to feel unsure of yourself. There's so much pressure from external and internal expectations, but you shouldn't have to change yourself to be liked. Unfortunately, it's not as easy as it sounds. In this episode, we're joined by Greer Stenning, a human design coach on a mission to help people feel less stressed, be kinder to themselves, and feel more connected to who they are at their core. Human design is a system that decodes how we were built and gives us information about how to live as our true selves. I'd recommend you do your chart online before we start so that you can better relate to each thing that we're talking about. We're going to go through authority types and strategies and things can get a little bit complicated, but doing your chart online before we start is going to be a really amazing way for you to begin to understand what we're talking about. It's super easy. All you have to do is Google my body graph and input your birthday, your place of birth and your time of birth, and it'll spit out a bunch of information for you. But also, if you don't have a chance to do that, don't worry. Just listening to this conversation will be of so much value to you, no matter who you are. Let's dive in. Let's start with the basics. What is human design? (laughs) This is such an interesting question. Every time I think about what my answer is going to be to someone who asked me that, it's different. The way I see it is human design is a system that organizes information that we know about the human experience into a format that allows us to generate a new type of inner dialogue with ourselves. So it's not here to sort of place us into a box or tell us how to live. It's here to help us cultivate an awareness with who we are at our core. So the elusive authentic self that everyone's talking about. And it really relates to so much of our energetics. So it's so much more than just our personality. It is a type of like personality, I guess, typing system, like similar to Myers-Briggs, similar to astrology, but it's more about our energetics and the nuances of that, that underpin our behaviors. And so it's a system that if we use it correctly, can help us like get in tune with who we are and make decisions from that place. Yeah. That's a really high level explanation, but there's a lot of other little branches that come off that. I'm sure there's so many nuances to it, but I also think that like, that's a really important thing to like sort of pull out as a caveat before we even dive deeper into this, that like Mm -hmm. there is a a risk to like over identifying, as you've said with it and having it be like this sort of answer to everything. Mm -hmm. And the point of it is that you, better connect to yourself yeah 
but it's not a bypassing mechanism to like give you all the answers. Yeah. Like you have to put in the work too. Exactly. And you know what? It's just human nature, right? Because we've been taught since we were children to, you know, outsource our authority. You know, who's the expert on this? What does Google say? There's one right answer when we go to school. We get graded in that way. And so I always say to people, you know, this is what we're trying to decolonize. This is what we're trying to decondition in ourselves so that we can return to our own inner authority. Like any system, like people can over-identify with human design. And sometimes I see that where they've sort of learned the whole chart or they've learned all of the little tidbits of information, but that won't take you anywhere if you're not changing your behavior and relating to who you truly are. So just like anything, people can over-identify with anything and take it to an extreme. But I like to think of it as like, it's more of just a lifestyle of a particular type of awareness around your energetics. And just understanding that we're all so energetically diverse so that when I'm interacting with other people, I can think, you know, even if I don't know what their human design is, I can approach them in a way that allows space for their own energetic diversity without myself, you know, taking offense or making it about me or reading into something, which it might totally not be the case. And it's not my place to be like, you know, profiling everyone, which we all do automatically. It's just a matter of having a bit of a different perspective. Yeah. And like catching yourself do that and knowing that like, that's a thing that humans tend to do (laughs) instead of being like, Oh, this person hasn't replied to, you know, my email about like my rates or whatever. And then like, it's so easy to superimpose onto that. Mm. Like, Oh, like maybe they're too high or like maybe I sent the email, like, Maybe there was a weird tone to that and then being like, oh no, I'm, I'm a terrible photographer. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So we all think things like that, right? And that's so true. I'm so happy that you mentioned that because, you know, some of us, it's very natural to respond in the moment yeah. for others energetically, I guess, like most desirable way for us to approach things based on, you know, the individual could be to just sit on it for 24 hours. Yeah. I'm personally like that. So, you know, I have an aspect of my chart that says, you know, that's how I make decisions by giving myself time to process. And I personally have a rule where I don't reply to anything straight away. I just take it in. And I say to everyone, like people who work with me and know me within roughly 24 hours, you will hear from me, but I don't rush. Or if I need more time, I'll send a quick response saying, thank you so much. I'm going to sit with this and come back to you depending on the circumstances. Like obviously some things are more important than others, but if you know that, then you can say, okay, well, it's not about me. I'm not going to waste time and also not take offense. If you have to follow that person up, like most of the things we worry about in life are not really like a big deal that we just imagined something, some implication into it. And we always insert ourselves like right into the center of the narrative. And like often it's because other people have other things going on. And particularly when it's your business, right? And you, you know, it's, you are the business. So it's an extension of you and you are hyper aware of how you're being perceived and how your clients are, you know, communicating with you. But yeah, that's just one small example of how human design really highlights our energetic diversity. Yeah. And then working with that within yourself. So it comes through with the way I explain it to my clients is you have an energetic bank account Mm -hmm. 
but it operates in a very unique way. And oftentimes a lot of the things that have been imposed on us through culture, you know, how we learn going back to that, there's only one right answer. There's only one optimal approach. That's not actually true for the individual. And if we can attune to the ways that we're like uniquely designed to work, then we can manage our energetic bank account in a way that gives us a return on investment without spending all our money and like going into credit card debt and then being like, I don't know where I stand and not getting much in return. And this is where we see ourselves like pushing, pushing, pushing in a particular way because we've internalized that there's one way of doing business. And it's just so not true. And it also is like, that's how you get to the sort of like the peaks and the troughs that are just like not sustainable for Mm. like a small business owner where you're like in this like state of like hustle, 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 burnout, hustle, 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 Mm. burnout, instead of being like, okay, like this is, you know, I'm aware of what's in my energetic bank account, as you call it. And like, I don't have to like push. I can just kind of like intuit when I have the energy to spend and when I can just kind of chill out a little bit. Exactly. Exactly. Burnout is what we're trying to avoid. And that's like the epidemic at the moment, right? It's crazy to be like, it's just so normalized. Every person I speak to is burnt out. It's like, we almost worry if we're not burnt out, we've made that mean something, you know, we've, we've glorified being busy and the inner narratives around laziness is something that I've been exploring a lot personally myself as I've become a business owner and and just like working for myself since leaving my corporate career. I really had to do a lot of unraveling with that because I hadn't yet been exposed or hadn't seen the possibility that I could work in a way that was so efficient where I could condense my hours. And instead of my value being in exchange for time, my value was, you know, its own unique entity that was like assessed on a different scale. And it didn't mean that I needed to work 12 hours a day every day for my business to be successful. Instead, I realized that, you know, through human design and all of the awareness that it offers us, that there's certain ways that my energy naturally ebbs and flows. And I learned to surf the natural waves that occur so that that's the time for action. That's how I get shit done in that particular way. And sorry, I swear a lot because I used to be a lawyer and that's just like such a normal thing. So that's okay. Um, So I'm not saying always swear, but it was like at some point in my life, that's when it started really showing up. So yeah, you know, if you know those waves within yourself, you can work on those times and you can know when you need to replenish your energetic bank account. So creativity is obviously something that works on a wave. And, you know, one of the dilemmas I think so many of us face as we go into business as creative people is that we almost forget that immediately because we're like, shit, got to pay the rent, like got to do all the things. Totally. Like, how do I even make a spreadsheet. I don't even know how to, you're like, I just want to take photos and have that be my job. And I thought that going into it, that all I would have to do was that. But then there's like all these things, like how to deal with clients, like how to do your taxes, like how to invoice, how to chase up invoices when they don't come through. Like, and you touched on something really interesting before as well about just like we live in this age of busyness and busyness has been equated to value. And I feel like so many conversations I've had with people, it's like, how are you doing? Yeah, good, busy, good, busy, 
And it's like, that's an answer somehow that we've come to like accept that mm. as an answer oh, yeah. to a question that's really meant to be like, how are you doing in yourself? People are like, good, busy. Yeah. Gosh. As someone who was previously like burnt out in corporate, there's so much more to life. <laughs> and I had to learn that the hard way myself with burnout and a big career change. And even then becoming like a business owner, you know, why do we do it? We do it for freedom. We do it because we want to live life on our terms and we want to contribute our personal value through our own gifts, whatever that looks like, you know, you're an individual, no one else is you. And I think we all like, you know, innately deserve the opportunity and we should be like contributing from that space. But yeah, it, it can be really difficult when there's all these voices of society. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like this might be sort of like a good time to sort of dig into like the mechanics a little bit more Mm -hmm. of like human design, sort of talking about how everyone's different. Everyone has different energetics. Like, can you tell us a little bit more about like how human design works? Like Mm -hmm. what is a body graph? Like what are the different types? Yeah. Human design is so interesting because I truly like when I found it, I was like, oh, this is so good because it's like this bridge between what we know about science and spirituality. So it's a system that's comprised of, or it's a synthesis of other modalities. It brings together astrology, the Chinese I Ching, the Kabbalah, the chakras, and Western astrology. Did I say that? Western astrology? And then it incorporates what we know about psychology, human psychology, epigenetics. So the way that our environment dictates our gene expression and I guess like quantum mechanics, which is just like the fundamental interaction of energy in the known universe. So I like, I read that and I think I was like, oh my God, what is this amazing system? Like absolutely geeked out. So it's those things. And like I said, in the beginning, It gives us like this language of human energetics that drives a new type of awareness. So if you're like, what the hell, what do I do with this piece? You need your birth details. Okay. And there's so many free websites now where you can look up your human design chart. I always say to people, like when you see the chart, it's called a body graph. It looks very similar to a depiction of the chakras, but it's got a bunch of other lines and numbers and it's quite complex looking. And again, it's just another way of organizing information, right? Like you don't literally have these like chakras inside of you. It's like an energetic force. And I think we put them into a graph, like we put everything into a graph so that we can understand it abstractly, right? But from there, it gives you a blueprint, I guess, as to your energetics. And it's really fascinating when you dig into the, I guess, like, You have to call it a belief system because there's no way we can scientifically prove this definitively, but I don't really see it that way. Basically, the concept is that our energetics are triggered based on neutrino information that's being streamed down on Earth. So, (laughs) neutrinos. Um, Neutrinos are subatomic particles. They are unique in that they carry a very small amount of mass. They come from the most outermost stars in our known universe. And they're constantly streaming through everything right now. So right now we're being impacted by trillions of neutrinos, which is like, it's just energetic data. And I guess the belief behind astrology and all of these different systems, like the I Ching and human design, 
is that, you know, quadrants of sky have different flavors of neutrinos. And that's what's ultimately determining your gene expression through this energetic lens. Okay. Okay. Because in astrology, it's like, you know, there's Pisces yeah. and that is like a certain constellation and that was in the sky when you were born. Yeah. But you're saying that like there are these things called neutrinos yeah. that are specific like there are different types that are specific to different parts of the sky sky. yeah so in the same way that like you know humans over millennia have somehow figured this out that quadrants of the sky are associated with particular energetics and so like say for instance you know you're a pisces yeah to break of course of course we'll make it happen but like so pisces like that area of the sky is broken up into like the energetics of pisces and then to take it a step further there's like what we call the gates in human design okay. so as the you know the earth is you know oriented in a different quadrant of sky different gate activations occur through the neutrino stream that's streaming down So human design theorizes that this is like the quantum physics explanation for why things like astrology are so accurate. I'm a pretty skeptical person. Like I was a lawyer, like I love logic, but I've worked with astrology in a way that feeds our self-awareness and same with human design for so many years. And some of this stuff that is, it's so bizarrely accurate that I'm like, oh, well, I don't think humans have it all figured out yet. Yeah. I feel like I can accept that there are things that we don't know, but I also am hesitant to jump headfirst into a system that isn't like I'm taught. And this is on all my conditioning as well. Like I'm taught that like, there's like a logical, like scientific explanation for everything. Yeah. Yeah. And then you come in here, you're talking about neutrinos. <laughs> Sorry. I did drop that bomb. I, I forgot I hadn't mentioned that. <laughs> yeah. And it was just like such a curveball yeah. and like you're blowing my mind right now, but I'm like, yeah, I'm really curious to like dig more into it. And like, I guess I just mentioned that for those people who are a bit skeptical because some people are just like astrology, human design. Yep. Give it to me. Other people are like, how does it work? Yeah. Yeah. And I was one of those people. I am one of those people. Yeah. But I'm also like, tell me about Pisces. Yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, I could say so much about that. But so, I mean, I guess that's like the scientific explanation okay. as to how we're coded. Okay. And, you're, and if you think about it, it's a combination, not just of, you know, your ancestry. We know through epigenetics now that certain traits are inherited, but they're also activated by our environment and the experiences we have. So that then can determine the way we process and experience, the way we make choices, the way we behave, the way we conduct ourselves, everything, everything to do with the human experience, basically relationships, all the things, the way we work. So everyone is so uniquely different. And the way that I approach human design is that, you know, when you think about nature, nature is so intentional, you know, she doesn't do anything just for like, you know, shits and giggles, maybe some things, but like everyone has evolved to be the type of human they are for a reason. We've always been a tribal species. And so I believe in human design, you know, 
teaches us that we're all extremely, extremely unique for a reason. And that's the way we should be operating. Yeah. And then the crazy thing is like humans have just gone and been like, let's do things we don't like to do. <laughs> let's do things that make us sick. Let's do what no other animal does and be unhappy. Like <laughs> totally denying our own nature at every turn. Like, you know, we don't eat when we're hungry or we do eat when we're not hungry. Totally. At such a basic level, we deny ourselves our truth yeah, in the moment. So human design is here to remind us of the ways that we're energetically diverse so that we can then start to be like, then start to wake that back up and bring it online. And usually when I'm in a session with a client and we're talking about, you know, what it is they want to bring to the table of their life, when we point out their energetics and their chart, it's always something that carries such a deep resonance because they know it already. Yeah. It's just that we need to bring it into the light so that they can say, okay, well, I don't need to compare myself to my other photographer friend, for instance, yeah. who runs their business in this way yeah. because my way can look totally different. Totally. And, yeah. and I think that's the beautiful thing about like running your own business. And I think that's kind of like almost like these parallels of like the individual and like the sort of business owner where you were just saying that like, you know, we have all these ways of doing things that are our own natural intelligence, but like we've denied ourselves those ways. And I think it's similar in photography. Like a lot of people get into photography because they want to have the flexibility they want to take charge of their own lives. They have all these ideas about what it's meant to look like and you can kind of like yeah have this almost like rose colored glasses like tint on it before you start doing it and then you start doing it and you're like oh we'll have to get likes and this person got likes this way so maybe I'll just copy them or maybe I'll do it like this and then you completely forget all the reasons that you got into it into in the first place Mm, and that self-doubt sets in right so human design is fundamentally about bodily intelligence yeah It's about, you know, our highest instincts. Every other animal on the planet has like finely attuned instincts that have been, you know, cultivated over thousands, millions of years. Humans have the same thing. We've just stopped listening to it. (laughs) Right. And, you know, you meet really intuitive people or really successful people. They've tapped into that Mm -hmm. in themselves Mm -hmm. and they're courageous enough to go against the grain sometimes and to follow that. And then as they've built experience, they really learn to trust it. But for so many of us, you know, there's such strong messaging, particularly, you know, if you're someone who's in a corporate environment now and you're trying to break free and get your, your side hustle, like birthed into the world as its own, you know, entity and this own form of value, you're coming with all of this conditioning, most likely that there's one way to work. Yeah. And a lot of the time it's like deadlines, time equals value, which is just, again, bullshit. And the knowledge that is outside of yourself, like thinking you need someone else to like validate you. Mm -hmm. You need someone else to tell you that you've done a good job. You need someone else to give you a grade. You know, it's just kind of like, yeah, even, yeah. If you haven't gone into a corporate environment and you've just like finished high school, like it's like that conditioning exists at every level. Oh, totally. Yeah. And I work with people who are like, you know, 19 years old all the way through to their 60s. Yes. And, you know, the common theme is like, you know, ways in which our culture has taught us to not trust ourselves. Yeah. So that's sort of like a high level, like, you know, how does human design help with like creativity? But we can probably zoom in on yes. that a little bit more. And you asked about the energy mechanics. Yeah. And like the types. Yes. So... And like, this is, it's so funny. 
I'm an MG. So I'm, I'm what they call a manifesting generator. And we are the, literally the ones sort of, you know, some people will say like ADHD vibes, which like, if you've heard me talk this long, you've probably already realized I'm like, so yeah. Finding something that you're so passionate about. Yeah. Okay. Like how do I even dig in? Because there's so much to say. And it's also just the way our energy works. So I'll give a little bit of a rundown as to how the different types work. So energy type in human design, that's really like one of our starting places. It speaks to the way in which your energy body interacts with the world. So humans, we can now measure, we have like an energy field that extends beyond our physical body a few feet out from us. And, you know, I think historically that's been called the aura. So it's the aura, it's an energy field, it's something, but you can feel it from people. So whatever you want to call it, that is how you primarily interface with each other, like with other people. And just generally speaking, when you're conducting yourself. So your energy type explains the mechanics of how that's meant to work for you for optimal energetic bank account health. And in human design, we say that's signaled by what we call your signature theme. So when you're operating in energetic alignment for one of a better word, because that's just, it's getting to be, the word alignment is just like so oversaturated that it doesn't have a meaning, but your version of alignment, whatever you want to say, then you will experience your signature theme. And that's like basically a state of vitality that's unique to your energy type. That's like, okay, you're nourished enough to keep doing what you're doing and to keep contributing from your unique differentiation. And then there's converse to that. There's the not self theme. So when you're not using your energy correctly, this is a signal like, Hey, wrong way, go back. Like this is not how you're meant to be operating. That's why it feels shit. I always say that like mother nature is so intentional and so obvious. She's like, I'm going to encourage you to do what you should be doing by making it feel warm and fuzzy. Yeah. You love what you love for a reason. I want you to do that. I put the genetic expression in your DNA so that you would do that thing. Yeah. I.e., if it's photography or whatever the hell else you love to do. Yeah. And I made you dislike the things that you're not here to do. Yeah. But again, humans just ignore that (laughs) ignore that simple instruction for life so there's five energy types the first one i'll chat about is manifestors so they're approximately i think eight or nine percent of the population they have an aura that we would describe as i think of it as like a very solid a solid form it's designed to hold a particular type of gravity so manifestors are very much felt by other people around them. They have an impact on people. They're here to have an impact. The way their energy uniquely interfaces with the world is it's designed to catalyze things into action. It's designed to initiate. So I like to use like celebrities as like a little bit of an example. It's like really lame, but it also helps me like get the point across, which is like JK Rowling, right? So she initiated like this worldwide phenomenon yeah. of Harry Potter. Yeah. The way manifestors work best though, or the way the only way they really can work without suffering, to be honest, is to work completely in their own space without interruption. They're not designed to be told what to do by anyone. And they need the freedom to really attune to their inner urges, their inner creative urges. And when something eventually bubbles up inside of them, they take action and that's when they can really spring into 
you know, maybe even like 16 hour days for like three weeks and then they're done and they're really designed to work seasonally and rest the rest of the time. Interesting. Yeah. So So like wedding photographers might be good manifestors because they like have a season where they're really, really busy and the rest of the time they might be like planning things or like editing or like kind of, Mm. would you say that's accurate or would you say maybe like, yeah, I appreciate that you asked that. What I think is that ultimately any setup can work. Okay. You just make it work to your energy. Cool. Because even if you were like, okay, I have a season. If that season is like Not when you're creative. Yeah. Your yeah. 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 Exactly. Your internal season. I love that you said that. Okay. That's exactly what it's about. So manifestors really need to give themselves space and take ownership of the fact that they can only initiate for themselves. Okay. But when they initiate for themselves from that place of inner creativity, what they ultimately produce is like never been seen before, like epic, something really cool. I know quite a few manifestors who have claimed this aspect of themselves and they just, you know, they continue to amaze me with what they can achieve if they overcome, you know, the conditioning or the self-limiting beliefs around needing to work every single day. Yeah. Because that it, that really just will never work for them sustainably. They're sort of like they work best in surges. Right. Surges, surges. Right. And so for manifestors, would it be really important for them, like more than other types, to like learn how to set good boundaries for themselves? For sure. We all need good boundaries. We do. But like it might look a lot different to what most people, because if you think there's, you know, eight or 9% of the population and then because of the way their aura is solid, yeah, it's important for them to inform others of what they're about to do. So every type has a strategy. And for manifestors, we say it's to inform so that it's like, okay, my aura is about to move energy and shit is about to go down. Like something big is coming. It's yeah. going to like cause a disruption at some point because it's new. It's catalyzing. It's a new creation. So they need to inform people as much as possible about what they're about to do. The thing is, that's usually like the last thing that a manifestor feels comfortable doing. It's not what they've necessarily been taught to do. And sometimes they may, you know, have developed like a bit of people pleasing because they're highly aware usually that they're quite impactful people. And sometimes that can, you know, manifest as like manifest as a, you know, a self-consciousness. But really, like, as soon as a manifestor tells people what they're about to do, they're extremely magnetic. And that allows the people around them to, like, surge in and support them when it's correct for them to do so or, you know, move out of their way so they can do what they need to do. So any manifestors out there listening to this, inform people, please. We love hearing it. Like, oh, I'm thinking about moving in this direction. And the thing is, the more you talk about it, the more support you ultimately get and they can just make incredible things happen. It's quite mind-blowing to witness when Even they tap into it. Even if the that they need is to be left alone. Oh, totally. That's that's yeah. a huge part of it. Yeah. You know, being interrupted during the day or even just following what someone else wants to do. So say, for instance, you're a photographer as a manifestor. You'd be saying to clients, this is what I do. Yeah. You'd be on the front foot. This is my scope of work. This is how I operate. And this is what I'll deliver you. So you'd be totally taking complete ownership. Yeah. It would never work for you to be like, oh, yeah, like just tell me how you'd like it. Yeah, right. And you're going to find the right clients for you, right? Yeah. Because there's certain people who want your energy. They want your art. 
that's what you've got to own. But like, you know, again, if you're a new business owner, you're like, how do I go out and be like, this is your permission slip. Yes. I <laughs> yeah. love that. Mm. Okay. So the manifestors are eight or 9% of the population. Yeah, yeah. And then we've got the, I would say generators. Generators. So that's what you are. Okay. So there's We're the gen- most common. I was uh, not happy about I, that. I think everyone gets bummed about that, but so what? Like they say that because they lump generators and MGs. So manifesting generators in the one type. We work very similar. So generators and MGs have the same type of aura and they have the same strategy. Manifesting generators just work in a little bit of a different way. This podcast is brought to you by the Unscripted Posing app, the one-stop shop photography app for photographers looking to up their posing game, streamline their business, and look and feel like a professional. With Unscripted, you'll confidently rock every shoot, capture those emotion-filled images you've been craving, and create a fun photo shoot experience for everyone, including you. Join over 200,000 photographers and search Unscripted in your app store now. So there's like this gray area between manifestors and generators that is manifesting generators. Is that true? Is that like the central diagram? No, I would say it's like manifesting generators are just a hybrid, but essentially they're a generator type. Okay. So both generators and manifesting generators or MGs as I call them are generator aura types, meaning that they have an aura that is very enveloping. And when they are investing their energy in doing a creative process, so it's about the process itself. If you have energy available to do that, you can self-generate more energy. So an example of that would be, say, for instance, me doing human design. Like the more I do it, the more energy I have. It's wild. Eventually everyone gets tired, of course, like, but in a healthy way, it's very, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. Exactly. But, you know, we can only generate that energy for ourselves and then we share it through our auras, which because our auras are like enveloping, they impact other people in that way. We can only do that if we are engaging in creative processes that actually, you know, nourish ourselves. Yeah. And, right. You know, so people like, so photographers that are like generators, they want to do heaps of creative shoots. Like they they'll do, like, they do their own sort of do shoots outside of like the client work so that it like continues to feed like yeah. their creativity. There's got to be, it's like, if you think about what a generator is. And, you know, even like thinking about it as this furnace that needs to be like kept hot, like you need to feed yourself passion and joy. Otherwise what happens is you start to almost stagnate and everything becomes really hard. So if you're a generator and you're feeling frustrated, that's your not self theme, but it's usually that feeling where you feel like you're pushing, you're exerting so much energy and your cup is never getting filled. Whereas generators and MGs are designed to love working when they're doing what they love. So, you know, there's a huge population of MGs and generators who are engaged in work that is like soul destroying, or it's just not what would ultimately trigger this reaction within them that then generates the overflow. So, you know, a celebrity example would be like Oprah, the more she like does what she loves, the more that spills out from her and has this, uplifting effect yeah. and a nourishing effect 
to everyone that she serves. So if you're a generator or an MG, you probably are going to work really well with like setting the energetic vibe of a shoot. Yeah, cool. You know, with your energy. If you yeah. are brave enough to put yourself out there and, you know, share openly and you love what you're doing, everyone who's on that shoot is going to feel that from you. And you won't be exhausted by it. But I'd say to anyone who's a generator or an MG to really take notice of when it doesn't feel fun anymore. Yeah, okay. You know, we all have things we don't like to do. Like, I don't like really admin that much. But overarchingly, I have abundant energy to do anything to do with human design. And if I'm doing enough of that and I'm also getting enough joy from my personal life, then I'm keeping my system healthy and in overflow. So generators and MGs really serve best from overflow. Okay. If you're not nourished, you can't be creative, but they're extremely creative and they have like an abundant life force energy within them that if they activate it, they could just go, 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 go. A lot of generators and MGs though hear that and they're like, I'm not like that. Like I don't have abundant energy. And it's usually because they're investing their energy in something that hasn't activated what we call a sacral response. So the sacral is just one of the energy centers in your body graph. If you are a generator or an MG, you've got what we say is defined, which means this is like a consistent energetic within you. And when things approach your body, you're either going to get a gut response that says yes or no, or this or that. It's like a binary because it's a mechanical response in your body. And what that really is, is your body saying, I have energy available to do this or I don't. Yeah. And that can change moment to moment. If you're a creative, you want to honor that response, right? So when you have the energy, ride the wave, surf the wave, that's when you'll get shit done. But if your body is saying to you, I don't have energy available, it'll feel like a hard slog. Yeah. And, you know, if it's something that you must do, like you have to do it, like you can't just choose for whatever reason. Like taxes. Yeah, exactly. I would say to any generator or MG, go out there and have fun and nourish yourself and fill your cup and then come back and do the bits that the pieces, because when your energy is in overflow, it'll be so much easier for you to do that. So that's generators and MGs. The only difference with MGs and generators is that we tend to pivot more or we like to do more than one thing at a time. And I used to really punish myself with that because I'd be like, I need to finish this one task. And then I would like beat myself up about it. Like, why can't I sit down at the computer and just do this one thing? Oh my God, I'm the only reason my business isn't successful. (laughs) But ultimately I realized that when I just followed my body's energy, what do I have energy available to do now? What do I have energy available to do now? And I allow myself to like dance between different things. Then ultimately it all gets done yeah. when it, if and when it needs to and in the perfect way that it needs to. Yeah. So this is how we add like richness and dimension to our creations. But often we don't even let it get to that point because we're like, no, I must sit down right now. And it's like, go for a walk, like go jump in the ocean. Yes. Like save yourself, like enjoy your life. Like (laughs) it's a short life. Work when it's easy. And I know that sounds a bit voyeuristic or hedonistic or, you know, I think there's definitely a, a generational like judgment around that sort of speak. But God knows that when we're nourished, we can achieve so much more. So, so, so much more. And then the next energy type is a projector. They are 
naturally extremely good at understanding systems and nuances. They're really good at understanding efficiencies Mm -hmm. and what's missing. They're really good at reading people too. We're all good at reading people in different ways, but this is like projectors tend to have this sort of like laser vision into people where they'll be like, oh, like I understand you. The thing is they see so deeply into people. Sometimes they don't understand how people don't see deeply into them. Oh, so they always feel misunderstood. Sometimes that can happen. Hopefully they're surrounded by like a zesty generator or someone who's like makes them feel really great. And, you know, theoretically and and in practicality, every type supports the other type in the perfect way for the tribe to continue to survive and thrive and move forward and, and remain, you know, on this earth. But projectors are very good guides. They're definitely similar to manifestors in terms of that sort of surge nature to their work. They do need a lot of rest. And I I find that projectors are often the ones that are overworking themselves. They tend to not know when to stop or they're more susceptible to taking on that conditioning. Right. Um, Why do you think that is? There's mechanical reasons for it, which are pretty deep. And when I'm in a session with a client, I can really pinpoint exactly where it's coming from in the chart. And it's fascinating how this stuff plays out. But generally speaking, I think it's because most of the world is a generator or an MG, which, you know, the system, like the system of capitalism is born off basically exploiting the life force of like people who are mostly generators and MGs who can just keep going except we've built the system so poorly because it doesn't self-sustain because generators and MGs mostly aren't doing what they love. So we're all like, you know, colonized in that way. And then for projectors, they're trying to act like generators and MGs when really they're meant to be guiding. So they do their best really guiding. I, I did have a photographer client who was a projector and she was really great at like putting together the creative direction. I think what she said was like really connecting with people about what they wanted what are they after out of this shoot? Because she could receive that from them and elicit that. So projectors always have some kind of guiding gifts, but they have to remember not to overwork themselves or be trying to do all the pieces. Like this is what we we're here to support each other, delegate the things that you can delegate, you know, don't forget to stop and nourish yourself. You know, you're not going to be left behind. In fact, your most efficient way forward is to remember that your guidance is the value yeah, rather okay. than all of the doing. Right, mm. right. Yeah. It's that perspective. Yeah, perspective, which, you know, I can imagine for photographers that's, you know, obviously a very important thing, right? Totally. And a lot of times, like, people will come to you because they really love your work and they're just like, okay, you just do what you do when they completely trust you. But there's other times where I think, people who are working on like more like commercial, like editorial projects, they'll be working with an art director and a stylist. And you have to understand the sort of overarching vision of a project and be able to sort of like produce it almost. Like the photographer is like often like trying to like find the props and the location and like all these different pieces Mm. that, yeah, it would be really hard to do if you couldn't understand the brief. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then we have reflectors who are like, I just like fascinate me so much, but they're approximately 1% of the population. And when you look at their body graph, none of their energy centers are defined. So basically they're like the ultimate like empath. Yeah. But what that means is that they get 
an experience of an energetic reality, which is probably as close to overarching objective truth that a human could get to. So they can come up with some fascinating perspectives that usually hit you like, you know, like a lightning bolt in the heart when you hear it, because it's like, Oh, that's true. Yeah. So the idea is that there's only, there's so few of them needed in the collective tribe because they're meant to be in the heart of their community, mirroring back the truth of the situation. So they'll often point out to people like where they're not meeting their potential. The way they point that out though is just through what's mirrored back to the other person. So they're like ultimate mirrors energetically. If you're healthy and you're aligned and you're in a good place and you meet a reflector, you will experience that from them. But if you're not, chances are you'll have like a difficult you know, experience. So, yeah. But also like, if you're not in like a healthy, like aligned, like mentally stable place, then like likely you're just going to blame it on them. Like (laughs) they had a weird vibe. There's nothing wrong with me, but that was a weird experience. Yeah. Yeah. We're all walking around blind like that basically, (laughs) like with everything to different degrees, but it's like, it's, you know, supercharged when it's a reflector. They're highly empathic people. They are usually extremely wise because they've experienced a really big spectrum of human energetics just by virtue of the way that they're structured as beings, but they can deliver insights, which are truly, truly, truly unique. Yeah. And yeah, they, they have access to this, like this scope of potential. That's, it's quite mystical in a way I like to think of it. So they're all very different. And usually what I find is that they deal with difficulties in their environment. So if they're surrounded by a lot of unease you know, for instance, I had a client who was in the middle of the floods recently and just, you know, the community turmoil was having a really big impact on them. And, you know, in the session, we talked about how we can create energetic boundaries around that. So how can we witness the energy without absorbing it or identifying with it? But yeah, ultimately the thing that really strikes me about reflectors is they're all very wise in a very unassuming way. And if you're ready to receive one of their wisdom drops and you're open-minded to receiving it, it will probably change your life. They can really set you on a new like path. Yeah. 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 So if you're a reflector, like I want to give you permission to share your viewpoints and also just to know that all of the energetics that you experience are not necessarily yours, but you're picking up on a lot of biofeedback from other people that maybe others can't feel. Yeah, I feel like that's that's would be a really stabilizing thing to hear yeah. if you're constantly just like sort of like tossed and turned on the sea of like other people's emotions. Yeah, yeah, and all the other things. So human design shows us the ways in which we take in each other's stress yeah. as adrenalized pressure in our bodies, the yeah. way we take in and share our nervous system activations, fears, Emotional energy, like you just said, the whole plethora of like, again, the human experience, it's in there. Yeah. Okay. So that's like one part of (laughs) the body graph. This is blowing my mind, like how many pieces there are to this. And this is like, you're also just giving me like a super, super surface, like (laughs) level. So, I mean, I don't think like we're going to be able to delve into it to the like extent that like, you know, someone would be able to, if they booked a session or something, Mm. But just sort of going into the other sort of like facets that you look at, there's this thing called authority types. Can you explain that to me? Yeah. So we always say in human design, everything comes back to just 
you know, you don't need to learn your chart. You don't need to memorize all of this shit. You just need to attune to your strategy and authority in the way that that works for you. And that is something only you can decide. So there's like no right or wrong. It's just about, okay, your strategy is how do I invest my energy? How do I manage my energetic bank account in accordance with my energy type? And I don't think I went through the strategies for each of the energy types, but there's, (laughs) that was another piece. I didn't say projectors, which an important piece for them is to wait for the invitation. And what that is about is like, You don't need to like volunteer yourself or put yourself out there. Like projectors work best in the energetics of being recognized for their unique guiding energy and then being invited to become involved. So if you're looking at marketing as a projector, you're going to have a different approach to someone who's a generator or an MG because the way you market yourself as a generator or an MG is through your energy field. It's like that, I'm going to lift you up and this is a fun time. And like, this is my passion. I'm going to share this with you. You can have all those things like as part of your personality as a projector, but ultimately the mechanics of being working with the correct people for you is that you want to firstly within yourself, identify your strengths and the things that you know, like, yeah, this is what I really get. And then you spend all that time with that zone of genius until it's who you are. And then ultimately people recognize that in you and they give you that recognition and they invite you into a project. So big thing for projectors is to be invited in. If you like go cold calling people or sending out like marketing stuff, often the energetics of it, it's just not as fruitful for them. And so they can waste a lot of energy, like trying to hustle again, when really, if you just spend more time with your zone of genius and you make sure that you're visible and contactable, obviously, which is so easy for projectors in the online space now, as long as they're willing to share some of their work, then the invitations will come in and they'll be the people who you should be working with. Yeah. Because they want precisely what you've got. Yeah. Okay. That's really helpful. And I think it's kind of like what you said, like it's a generator world. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Sometimes it's kind of like finding that little like pathway in, like if you're not a generator, just Mm -hmm. something that still feels like good and authentic to you. Totally. Totally. And it starts with self-recognition. And the cool thing about doing a session with someone is, again, I can look at their chart and say like, is this the place where we have the energy leak? Mm. And it'll be specific because we can really narrow it down when we have this dialogue and then we can look at, okay, how do you save energy? Because you don't need to be like going on your stories every day. If you're a project, I don't think anyone needs to do that to be honest, but like, you know, this is just, it gets exhausting, but um, it takes more of a toll on some people. Yeah. It comes back to efficiency for everyone. There's an efficient way of working for you. Yeah. That if you attune to that and you roll with that, you'll be able to go the long run and you'll also get the personal fulfillment yeah. out of it. Yeah, totally. So like we've got these, like the strategy types are generator, projector, manifester, reflector. Yes. And then we have these authority types Yeah. and those yeah. are separate, mm-hmm. but they interact with your strategy, your strategy types. Yeah, exactly. So authority is like another layer of how you should be making decisions. So it gives you guidance around your bodily energy mechanics and basically like what your highest instincts look like. 
You know, we're so, we're so instinctual as humans. We have all of these spidey senses and like people are like, oh, it's woo woo if you have intuition. Well, actually no, like it's basic science. We've evolved to survive and our bodies can emit and receive certain biofeedback that helps us navigate this world. Totally. I mean, anyone who drives a car, it's like, you're not assessing the pros and cons of every single decision you make. You're You're just like doing doing it. Yeah, exactly. Bodily intelligence is what it comes back to. So authority sets that out for you. It'll be unique to the individual. And then you want to be you know, in terms of like working with human design, you have a session, you understand those mechanics with yourself, then you can start experimenting with attuning to that. And sometimes even like the best way of like learning your strategy and authority is to color outside the lines and mess it up. Like when you're like, Oh, that really was, that didn't work for me. Like sometimes that's the best way to learn. Don't take it too seriously. I I, I would hate to see someone being like, I'm scared to make that decision in case it's not aligned with my authority. Or like, you know, people become perfectionistic about everything. Like symptom of our culture. So we just want to like, you know, be lighthearted with it, but have that awareness, have that cognizance around, is this what my body wants? Really, it's all about just attuning to your body. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So for, you know, like, just like as a beginner's guide to deconditioning, like, mm. do you have any sort of like practices or rituals or things that like people can begin to do to get them back into that sort of like body center for whatever it looks like for them? Yeah. I think the first point of call is to look at what's standing in the way of your tuning to yourself. Mm-hmm. So this is from my own personal experience of being so burnt out. I couldn't like be intuitive and connect to my gut response as an MG when my adrenals were like absolutely fatigued and my nervous system was on the fritz. Yeah. Like that wasn't available to me at that time. Yeah. So that's when like wellness where it's like sit down and, you know, burn this stage and like, you know, breathe and connect to your inner self. I'm like, that wasn't helpful for me back yeah. then. Like really, please. And it, it, if someone, someone suggests that to you when you're in that state, you're kind of like, oh my God, shut the fuck up. Yeah. At least that was me. That I just was need me. to not <laughs> be drowning first. Yeah. <laughs> so that's an important caveat. And, you know, when you're looking at your human design, you can see the, like I said, the ways that that probably is showing up. So you can zoom in and go, okay, this is where I need to work on some energy management and just get myself back to a bit of equilibrium first. And then it's a matter of examining our internalized belief system yeah, and the way we are taking on board cultural conditioning You know, this starts at like the family level, like the immediate family level, and then, you know, goes out to like, what is your, the culture of your country and then the wider world in which you exist, you know, what messages are you being sent? So for me, with my adrenals and my stress that I was taking on board, it was like, everything must be done five minutes ago and I'm never up to date. Yeah. And when my body was in that mode, I couldn't, I couldn't stop for a second to attune to the present moment. which is the only time that my body can speak to me because she doesn't leave a voicemail in your brain. Like when you're like getting a gut response, you have to be listening in the present moment. If you're, I say, I guess as an MG or a generator, this is just an example, me having available energy and feeling like excited or passionate about something and, and that being an affirmative gut response, 
that has to be in the moment when I'm doing the thing. It can't be in relation to some promised outcome because that's a mental concept. Right. Like, Oh, I'm excited about this project because I'm going to get paid X, Y, Z at the end, or because it comes with this, like, you know, recognition, like, do I actually enjoy the process? Yeah. That's the fundamental question. Okay. So it's like, if you're a generator that you want to be tuning into like how, what, how your energy respond, like how much energy you have for yes. a project yeah. and that'll help you connect better to your body and yeah. the, your sort of understanding of like what signals it's giving you. Yeah. And would there be different sort of like body mind divides for each of the strategy types? Mm. I mean, there's definitely consistent recurring sort of common themes for each energy type. But I do think that's probably a bit general. When you look at the body graph and when you think about like how complex we are as humans, there's so many layers and there's there's so much nuances. So I don't think I can boil it down to that. And that's what I love about being in a session where I'm like, oh, it's this. Yeah. It's this thing. But you can still start with just cultivating an awareness of your body. Like everyone can do that. It doesn't matter what energy type you are. You can stop for a moment and saying like, how am I feeling? Because we are not meant to be living in a way where we're chronically stressed. Mm -hmm. It's not normal to have anxiety, even though we've made it normal. Mm -hmm. It's not normal to not be enjoying your life. Mm -hmm. You know, particularly as creatives, like again, going back to like, why the hell are we doing this? It's It's for that freedom. It's not not easy, but it's got to be fulfilling. Yeah. So what's standing in the way of you experiencing a joyful, fulfilled life? You've got to stop and take a look at that. Yeah. And a lot of the time it's the belief systems we've subscribed ourselves to. Yeah. And when I look at the different energy centers, you can see like the certain themes that come along with those. So a really common one that a lot of us struggle with, say through the heart center, the heart center rules, our ability to give and receive value. And it rules community infrastructure and organization. So it's about the self, the ego, our willpower and humans needed to have a sense of self so that we could identify the ways that we uniquely contribute to the tribe. You know, we're kind of like, we've always been a tribal species, but we're a tribal species of individuals. And that's the way that how we work. Yeah. So we have to have a sense of self, a sense of ego, but what can happen through the heart center is through cultural conditioning, we have been programmed to compare ourselves to each other. So if your problem is you can't move forward because you are constantly comparing yourself to everyone else on Instagram or everyone else in your industry, then that's a huge energetic leakage that's preventing you from actually using your energy to do what you love and to show up and be the different, unique, completely like never to be repeated individual that you are. Yeah. And I think that's like a really beautiful thing with human design, like as I understand it and like absent having had like a complete session is that like you become more attuned to like your unique gifts. And so the whole comparison thing sort of goes out the window and you're not trying to live up to someone else's bar of what you're meant to be doing. Would you say that's kind of, yeah. And it's a, it like dissolving that in a dialogue is a process. Yeah. But like you said, the brain is so elastic neuroplasticity. So if you just even start out with noticing you're in a dialogue, yeah, everyone can start to notice the way they speak to themselves. Yeah. You know, what do you feel shit about? Yeah. That's your inner dialogue. Yeah. How are you judging yourself right now? Yeah. You know, are you sitting there going, I'm not doing enough? No, 
None of that shit's helping you. Yeah. It no. never is, but it's just still there. Exactly. And it's a sad aspect of our current culture that I think our generation is really at a pinch point yeah. because we're, we were the, like the social change that's happening. Like I'm not a social scientist. Wish I did that because it's fascinating, but you know, the social change that's happened in the last couple of decades is like phenomenal. Yeah. Like it's never been seen before. So we're really like our generation, like you and I were like, what is this world? Like our parents just like basically like sacrifice themselves for like, you know, to set themselves up with security. And now we're all here with iPhones. Like, can I just be creative and like break free of that? Like, and be financially abundant? Yes. Yes, you can. But we don't yet feel secure in it. Yeah. Because we're like, we're pioneers, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, noticing inner dialogues. If I said one practice, notice your inner dialogues and then don't beat yourself up for them again. Like yeah. people, people give a double whammy. That's it. That's and it. Where you're like, oh no, I'm shit talking myself. I must be such a bad person for shit talking yeah. myself. Why don't I have confidence? And it's like, we want to move into this place of neutrality and, and just like a little bit, not disassociation by any means. That's not healthy. You need to feel what you feel and process your experiences, Mm -hmm. but then you kind of want to move into what we call in human design passenger consciousness, where you're sort of like just that tiny little bit removed, like, Oh, I'm noticing that I'm criticizing myself again. And choose, 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 because it's a choice. And this is what the people I think struggle with. It's ultimately like, as soon as you're aware, it's a choice. You can go back to that inner dialogue of saying, okay, I'm noticing I'm doing this. I'm going to make the choice just to turn the volume down on that. Yeah. I'm going to say, okay, well, it's such a complete waste of time. And if you think about your energy as your most precious, precious resource, it's your life force. You're a, you're a bag of atoms held together by a light field, Mm -hmm. having a human experience. Like this is your simulation. Like just like, do you really want to waste all your, all your gold coins on that? Like maybe just slightly go, okay, well, that's not helpful. I'm not going to stop having those thoughts because I'm a human, but I'm going to turn the volume down on them and choose. Yeah. And I think you're right. Like the first step is kind of being like, okay, the story that I'm telling myself is, you know, and acknowledging that it's just like a story that you're telling yourself and not giving too much credence to it. Yeah. And I think that that is like a massive, like first step. Totally. And it's everything. If you can get there, yes. then like you're you're kind of on yeah. your way. That's like once you're there, you're out the gate. Yeah. And it's like it just builds momentum from yeah. there. You know, you follow through with aligned action where you go, oh, I'm not going to continue standing in front of the mirror and criticizing myself, or I'm not going to waste any more time looking at what everyone else is doing. Yeah. I'm going to call my energy back. Yeah. And this is what energetic sovereignty is about. It's like, are you going to allow yourself to be colonized further, exploited further, or are you going to choose to try to enjoy your life as best you can and be a unique individual and use your energy accordingly? And when you tap into that like zone, you know, psychologists call it the flow state, you know, any creative who's ever tapped into their own creative state, it's, you know, it's almost like a spiritual experience for one of another you know, description. You can't be anywhere else but there. And mm. it's like it's so rare that we have these experiences where we are fully right here because our attention is constantly getting pulled in so many different directions. And like, yeah, it's like an epidemic of like busyness and multitasking and like just sort of 
I don't know. I find that that's why being in nature is so calming to me because you can choose where to direct your attention. And you like in cities, sometimes it's like you've got this noise here and this car's here and there's like a billboard there and someone's calling you over there. And it's just like your attention is getting like fractured, fractured, fractured. Oh, yeah. But in nature, you can kind of just be like, okay, I'm being rewarded because like I'm putting my attention here and I'm realizing that there's like this whole scene unfolding in front of me, but it's just self-directed. Oh yeah, totally. And that's how we've evolved, right? Again, the body is sending us clear signals about what is good for us and what's not. Totally. And when we place ourselves in these like overstimulating environments, like, you know, social media is one, like I always say to people who want to get in their creative zone, do a big detox, like mute people, like just watch what you're intaking. Cause totally. that's, that's your diet. That's your energetic diet. That's yeah. a conditioning field that's influencing you yeah. and get clear on like how you want to spend your energy is like money. It's almost like it's as important, if not totally more important in my view than financial fitness. Like yeah. how are you managing your energetic finances? Because if you're not sustainable, you're going to hit burnout eventually and you'll never actually get to unlock the depths of your own gifts. Totally. And it's really cool to see people discover new echelons of their creativity that they didn't even know was inside them because they've always been colonized or always exploited their own life force in some way. So totally. Yeah. That was the case for me at least. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, like we've kind of spoken about how like we're sort of in the society that sort of like conditions us to do that. But Mm -hmm. I just like really love sort of like coming back to being like, okay, the original question of being like, how do you, address this like sort of body mind divide and how do you sort of come back into like your sort of body intelligence and let yourself make decisions from that place and I yeah I love that like noticing where the blockages are and noticing what's stopping you from listening to your body and then like understanding the dialogue of your mind and like knowing sort of like it's like once you start to be like oh I'm self-critical oh that showed up here oh that showed up here like it's sort of like easier to put a bit of space between you and your thoughts like you're not your thoughts yeah you have thoughts you're a human having what did you call yeah. it it was like you're like this being having a human experience yes exactly yeah and it's like about that yeah I don't know and I think it's hard and it's definitely easier said than done it's definitely just like a practice but just from a simple point of view it's like Hey, just spend a little bit less time on social media or, you know, Mm -hmm. notice when you're having these thoughts or if you're this type of person, like maybe you can have a little bit more grace with yourself when you're not responding in the way that other people would, or you Mm -hmm. think other people would. Yeah. And understanding, you know, the history of your energy body and we develop certain aspects or ways of responding to things sometimes because of difficult situations we've been in in the past or trauma or you know just some kind of shadow we've developed so I think knowing yourself intimately is you know such an invaluable practice my experience is at some point particularly on the entrepreneurial journey you're going to meet that So you may as well be on the front foot and be like, oh, I've got this. Like I'm here, I'm meeting myself before it comes to a point where it's sticky. Yeah. Right. Like just comes crashing down. Yeah. (laughs) 
because there's nothing like the entrepreneurial journey to be like, it's you against you. Like that is all it is. It's you against your own energy. Totally. Cause you are your own boss. Yeah. So it like splits you in all these ways where you're like, if I was my boss, would I be giving myself a pay rise or would I be <laughs> working myself to the bone? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, and then it, you know, the business is an extension of you. Like, totally. so you may as well like get your energetics, like stop, stop those leaks and work on that integrity, that sovereignty. And it's going to be so much more enjoyable for you. Take the pressure off, find that slipstream that's available to you. Everyone has one. Everyone has their unique way of working. They just maybe haven't seen someone else do that before because we're all so, so unique. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like what you're saying before about us kind of like being pioneers where it's like, we're sort of like next in this generation of people that were just like, right. So what you do is you work hard and then you get, you know, you get a wife and then you, you you know, and it's like, I don't have time to think about what I actually wanted and all of that. Yeah. Just work hard. Yeah. And you better not complain. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. And now we're like in this generation of like, who am I? What do I want with my life? And like, you know, part of me is like, might've been easier. Might've been easier to have been born couple generations ago i mean the bananas thing about it is that like we've probably never had it easier and yet people are more anxious than ever it's we're just like doing it to ourselves yes (laughs) existential doubt is exactly what it is but i feel like you've given us so many amazing tips to sort of begin to delve into that interiority and i think it's like yeah it's it's obviously just scratching the surface of very very deep waters but I really appreciate sort of like your time and your wisdom thank you I mean it is deep but you don't it doesn't have to be like this daunting thing I think that's probably one thing I'd like to like sign off with is that I think some people google human design and like oh my god interesting but also what the fuck and (laughs) seems really complicated and like hard work yeah but there's nothing easier than being yourself once you attune to that yeah. Once you get into that groove and through guidance and through deconditioning and understanding what's standing in the way of you, like totally living in your personal integrity and being exactly who you are and then serving and working from that place, yeah. then it's like so easy. And in fact, you'll look back on your old life and you'll be like, how did I ever like contort myself to live like that? And yeah, you don't need to know all the details. You don't need to understand this like really hectically scientific system. You just need to like listen to your body. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's it. Thank you, Thank so you much for your time. I'll make sure to include your details in the show notes. Do you do remote Skype human yes. design readings? So if yes. people are wanting to go a little bit deeper, um, definitely I'll, I'll include your website. And stuff yeah. In the show notes. Everything's on Instagram. My business name is Human by Design. And yeah, I do all sessions via Zoom, personal sessions, family sessions, and business invigoration sessions, which are like my fave. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks. As much as there is to learn about the technical side of building a business, there's equally as much to learn about the internal programming within ourselves that stops us being able to show up better in the world. I feel like I really believe that you can know everything there is to know about photography, but if at the end of the day, like you don't think you're worthy, you don't use your energy wisely, or you don't know what motivates you to do the things you do, you might not find that the life that you seek is actually all that fulfilling. 
some of the things that Greer and I spoke about was like, it feels good to do the things that we're good at and the things that we like to do. And I feel like biology and evolution moves us in the direction that's best for us. But we just get a little bit disconnected from the signs and signals that our body is trying to give us. So one way to bridge this gap is to start to notice, like, how do you speak to yourself? What are some things you can do to better cultivate a connection to your body? And what is your body trying to tell you? What's getting in the way of you living a joyful, fulfilled life? Where are the energy leaks? Where are you expending heaps of energy and not getting anything back? It's like, I don't know, it's pretty complicated and I feel like you're not going to get there tomorrow, but hopefully after listening to this, you might start to be able to understand just a little bit more about how you're hardwired as an individual and how you could be kinder to yourself. I feel like it's time that we all rewrite the mental stories we have about how we can't be ourselves. The world needs us to do it. Like we're here as individuals and I feel like we better support each other by just being ourselves. Anyway, thanks so much for joining us. I know this is a chunky episode, but if you've gotten anything out of it, hopefully it's just to be a little bit kinder to yourself. And don't forget that if there's anything you'd love to hear on the podcast that we haven't covered yet, you can get a hold of us on Instagram at Unscripted Posing App. Don't hesitate to send us a message. We would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for joining us. See you next time. This podcast was created on the unceded land of the Bundjalung people, and we pay our respects to elders past, emerging, and present.